WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Students will be heading back to class soon. Governor Gretchen Whitmer met with more than 50 school superintendents from Michigan this week. She says they passed an historic education budget this year. As you know, for students, um, we got to $9,150 per pupil for every pupil in every district so we can improve the in-class experience. We've dedicated resources for mental health and school safety and resources for at-risk and special education. Wimmer says this will be the first normal school year for kids in about four years. She shut down the schools for in-person learning in March of 2020 because of the COVID pandemic and students were taught online. Speaking of going back to school, the Berrien County Health Department is offering parents a back-to-school checklist that goes beyond classroom supplies. Berrien County Health Officer Guy Miller tells us in addition to needing book bags and pencils, kids need their state-required vaccinations and more. Hearing and vision screenings are required. Immunizations being up to date and being uploaded to the schools are required. We're also promoting, kind of new this year, dental screenings that will be a requirement, hopefully by 2023, for children entering into kindergarten. Miller says the kids also need blood lead screening and sports physicals if they're playing sports. Any parents who aren't sure what their kids need can just contact the Berrien County Health Department. Something we do here at the Health Department is assess for vaccination, and we can also provide the vaccines that may be required for school entry. Miller says parents should follow the recommended vaccine schedules for individuals 18 years old and younger. To enroll in school, a child needs vaccination against things including measles, chicken pox, whooping cough, and hepatitis B. Miller says with COVID shutting everything down for the past couple of years, some parents have fallen behind. A St. Joseph mom has pleaded guilty to murder in the death of her 8-year-old son this year. Mia Morrow entered the plea on Monday and will be sentenced to at least 25 years in prison on October 3rd. She also has to testify against husband and co-defendant Brian Morrow. The young boy was severely autistic, according to what Morrow told police, and she said they pulled him from a learning center due to multiple calls to Child Protective Services. The boy weighed just 31 pounds, and she says that he had been going downhill before he died and was not eating or drinking. She added he was also having breathing problems. Her husband waited until May 3rd to tell anyone about the boy's death, which happened May 2nd, and the child's grandmother called 911. Work continues on the new master plan for the city of Benton Harbor. At a meeting last night, city commissioners heard from Paul Lippins of McKenna Associates, who worked with the planning commission during planning week back in June. He said workshops were held all that week with residents who identified affordable housing as a major need in the city. Lippins noted the city owns more than 500 lots that could be developed for housing. If the 500 lots were redeveloped as attainable housing, new housing, that could create close to $15 million in city taxes. Lippins said the planners are looking at transportation and recreation as well as economic development. He noted there's room in town for more retail. 88% of every dollar spent by a Benton Harbor resident gets spent outside of the city. So that's called retail lease. So that means that people in Benton Harbor, even if you want to spend your money in Benton Harbor, you can't. All those sessions from Planning Week can be watched at bestbentonharbor.com. Lippins asked commissioners to take part in additional work sessions in the fall. The planning team is also preparing to hold a talent competition set for October 1st. Berrien County is looking to fill some vacancies for several boards and committees. County leadership says there are vacancies for the Berrien Mental Health Authority, the Brownfield Authority, the Economic Development Board, and the Land Preservation Board. 
Anyone interested in serving on any of those can contact the Berrien County Administration Office for an application. The number is 983-7111, extension 8095. Applications are also available on the Berrien County website, berriencounty.org. An expansion is coming to a popular Bridgman Bar and Restaurant. Lake Street Eats owner, co-owner Mike Carlson tells us they're adding about 1,700 square feet to occupy the entire building, and they're installing a 28-foot bar. Works underway now. We've completely tore out the front section of the building and have reframed that for a big glass garage roll-up door and with a little bit of windows, about two-thirds of the front of the west side of the building, I'll call it, the side that we're building out, will be one big roll-up door, so that'll open up to the street. Carlson says when he and his partners bought Lake Street Eats this year, they knew right away they'd be expanding. However, their plans grew and they saw the community demand. The uh, community has been tremendously supportive. We knew that we were going to expand right from the beginning. Carlson says the restaurant side of Lake Street Eats will be virtually unchanged. When all is said and done, the business will own the building instead of leasing it and be able to host small bands. He hopes everything will be ready in the fall. Congressman Fred Upton has secured a $1.5 million grant for a project to replace five bridges along the state-owned Kalamazoo to Dearborn Rail Corridor. His office says the funds will be used for preliminary engineering and preparation of National Environmental Policy Act documents to replace the bridges used by Amtrak's Wolverine and Blue Water trains. Upton says the trains provide an important link between Kalamazoo and the Detroit area and on to Chicago and points west. Replacing the bridges will ensure the trains remain in service. In addition to federal grant money, Amtrak and the Michigan Department of Transportation are providing 25% matches. Funding for the grant comes from the fiscal year 2021 Federal State Partnership State of Good Repair Grant Program. The work will also increase load ratings for the bridges, which are located in Kalamazoo, Augusta, Jackson, and Ann Arbor. And Spectrum Health Lakeland on Tuesday announced the addition of two new specialists, pulmonologist Jeffrey Grondin and ear, nose, and throat specialist Shannon Arader to the medical staff. Grondin previously worked in pulmonary and critical care medicine at Rush Foundation Hospital in Mississippi, where he also served as medical director of intensive care. He'll be seeing patients at Lakeland Pulmonology in St. Joe. A raider comes to Lakeland from the ear, nose, and throat department at the Mayo Clinic Health System in Minnesota. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. The chairs of the House Homeland Security and the House Oversight Committee are threatening the Homeland Security Inspector General with a subpoena, accusing his office of delaying their demand for answers about missing Secret Service text messages from before and after the uh, Capitol riot. ABC's Jay O'Brien has the latest from Washington. In a letter to the Homeland Security Inspector General, Chair Carolyn Maloney of the House Committee on Oversight and Reform and Chair Benny Thompson of the House Committee on Homeland Security are threatening to subpoena the government watchdog over missing Secret Service text messages sent on or around January 6th. The Homeland Security Inspector General has been under scrutiny for his handling of the deleted messages. The lawmakers writing that if the Inspector General continues to, quote, obstruct their investigation, they'll find ways to force his compliance. Jay O'Brien, ABC News. U.S. officials have announced two states reliant on water from the Colorado River will face more water cuts as they endure an extreme drought. The move affecting Arizona and Nevada came today as officials predicted levels at Lake Mead, the largest U.S. reservoir, will plummet even further than they already have. The cuts will place officials in those states under extraordinary pressure to plan for a hotter, drier future and a growing population. Mexico will also face cuts. The river serves 40 million people in the U.S., in northern Mexico and is also the key source for farmers. 
Today is primary day in Wyoming, and the outcome in the fight for the Republican race to run in the state's congressional district will be a true test to former President Donald Trump's hold on the party. Congresswoman Liz Cheney, vice chair of the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection and one-time Trump loyalist with 93% voting record on Trump policies. ABC political reporter Brittany Shepard tells us her involvement with the January 6th committee has put the incumbent at a disadvantage. I spoke to several voters who say that in trying to take Trump to task, that Liz Cheney has abandoned constituents when she needed them most. Here's a little bit from Myrna Burgess. She's a Cheyenne Republican, someone who used to support Trump. Now she's not so hot on him, but she feels that she can't even count on Liz Cheney to show up to any of her events. After she jumped in on the January 6th thing and she jumped in on the impeachment, she was nowhere to be found. She wasn't meeting with the people. She doesn't care about us. And other voters like Myrna are frustrated with Cheney calling her a Republican in name only for doing bipartisan votes. Explosions and fires have ripped through an ammunition depot in Russia annexed Crimea in the second suspected Ukrainian attack on the peninsula in just over a week. The blast forced the evacuation of more than 3,000 people. Russia is blaming the explosions on an act of sabotage without naming the perpetrators. Ukraine stopped short of publicly claiming responsibility. Last week's explosions destroyed nine Russian planes at another airbase. Rudy Giuliani, former President Donald Trump's personal attorney, who was challenging the 2020 election results, is now the target of an investigation by Georgia prosecutors who are looking into possible criminal activities surrounding those who tried to overturn the results in that state. ABC News has also learned Giuliani is scheduled to testify tomorrow, but has pushed back on the investigation and has said without evidence Atlanta is a city known for corruption. ABC's Aaron Katursky also says South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham is being called to testify, but he's not cooperating. Lindsey Graham says that because he's a sitting U.S. senator, he shouldn't have to to participate, Uh, although a judge there has already overruled that, said this has nothing to do with him being a senator. It has everything to do with him being a mouthpiece for allies of the former president who are trying to overturn the results of the Georgia vote. And we know that Lindsey Graham was on the phone, the judge said, trying to question the integrity of the Georgia vote, questioning some of the ballots and the electors. And, and clearly the, the prosecutors in Fulton County and Metro Atlanta want to explore that a little bit with him. It's ABC's Aaron Katursky. President Joe Biden arrived at the White House today promising to build back America. And today he signed into law a slimmer version of that idea. It includes the biggest U.S. investment ever to fight climate change, a $2,000 out-of-pocket cap on prescription drug costs for people in Medicaid program, and a new corporate minimum tax to ensure big businesses pay their share. Billions will be left over to pay down federal deficits. All told, the Democrats' Inflation Reduction Act may not do much to immediately tame inflationary price hikes. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden has tested positive for COVID, according to her office. That comes after she spent the past few days on vacation with President Biden in South Carolina. The president was scheduled to be in Washington all this afternoon. More from ABC's Jay O'Brien. First Lady Dr. Jill Biden tested positive for COVID late Monday. According to her office, the First Lady has mild symptoms, will isolate for five days, and has been prescribed the antiviral Paxlovid. The president, who recently recovered from a rebound case roughly two weeks ago, tested negative for COVID this morning, the White House says, but is considered a close contact of the First Ladies and will wear a mask indoors for the next 10 days. Jay O'Brien, ABC News, the White House.
And help is on the way for 30 million Americans who are hearing impaired. More from Derek Dennis. The Food and Drug Administration has cleared the way for hearing aids to be sold without a prescription. People with hearing impairments, especially older Americans, could see over-the-counter hearing aids available as early as mid-October. FDA Commissioner Robert Califf says the new rule has been a long time coming, but over-the-counter hearing aids won't mean no more doctor's visits. There is going to be the option for people to go uh, into the prescription space, see an audiologist. Brian Deese, the director of the National Economic Economic Council calls it a win-win. It turns the competitive dynamic in this industry uh, on its head. Derek Dennis, ABC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.